Hi, I'm Blaine Bartlett from Seattle, Washington in the United States. You're tuning in to the Soul Rich Woman Show with Janicia Alora. A strong and independent woman is something to behold. She pays her own bills, buys her own things, and she doesn't let a man affect her stability or self-confidence. She is a soul-rich woman. Are you ready to be rich doing what you love? Be on purpose and in control of your life again. At For Women Who Love the F Word podcast, we will be openly talking about getting more clients online, getting recognition as the leader and female entrepreneur, and also the F Word, being fabulous, having freedom, and financial independence. It's time to own and love the F Word. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to Soul Rich Woman TV for women who love the F word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. Today we have a really, really, really special guest with us who is moving possibility into reality. The best-selling author, keynote speaker, executive and leadership coach, consultant, a super, super amazing human and let's welcome Blaine Bartlett. Blaine, welcome to the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Absolute pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Well, tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do and what are the things that you are working on right now. <laughs> well, that's a wide open field of conversation. Um, well, a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm a businessman. Uh, I've been uh, speaking and writing for years. Uh, uh, I think I'll just start at the end and work backwards. But you know, my last book, uh, or actually one of my earliest books, uh, earlier books, was uh, an international bestseller called Compassionate Capitalism, uh, A Journey to the Soul of Business, uh, which Soul Rich Women uh, actually kind of yeah, lines up with very nicely. But the idea with compassionate capitalism is that uh, business has the power to transform the world if it's approached appropriately. And that is essentially what my work has been about. Um, I've worked all over the world. I've lived all over the world. Um, I speak all over the world. And uh, it, it's about relationship. I mean, fundamentally, that's, that's I, I think, at the end of the day, what everything comes down to. My relationship, not only with you as an example, uh, my, my family, but also my relationship with uh, my company's values, my company's uh, goals and objectives, the work processes, my relationship with my chair. And yeah, even, I mean, you know, with, with uh, your audience, relationship with being fabulous, relationship with having freedom, relationship with uh, financial independence. I mean, those, those have relationships involved with them. And when my relationships are working, my life is pretty good. So that's kind of what I pay attention to is how do we have great lives? And the things that you're working on and talk about relationship and the soul of business, how, that, how they even, did that even get you started in the first place? I mean, what was the thing that piqued your curiosity? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I grew up on a farm. And one of the things that I noticed very early on was uh, just in, in – just the nature of seasons. Everything seemed to have uh, a, a cycle to it—a beginning, an end. But in yeah, but, yeah, and in that cycle, yeah, even the end point was uh, the beginning of a reemergence of something else. So, 
nature has been for me one of the greatest teachers I've ever uh, come across. And when I got into business, I started looking at um, how businesses actually conducted themselves. And they didn't seem to pay attention to seasonality. Uh, if it wasn't always winning, then something was wrong. And when people started thinking that way, their mindset, uh, blame started coming into play. Uh, you know, people started being fearful. I mean, there were just a lot of things that happened when allowances aren't made for the seasonality of how life actually works. So that's kind of piqued my interest you know, a long time ago. I won't date myself by saying how long, but I started approaching businesses with the idea of coming at their market, coming at their process, coming at you know, how they go to market with seasonality in mind. And, and, and part of the reason for that is it leads to innovation. Um, and every product has a life cycle. Every service has a life cycle. And you know, rather than holding on tight to what was, how can I reinvent what we're doing and come up with new things, new ways of doing things? That's, you know, and this is, goes, goes back to the soul. Uh, the soul is always looking to express itself, always looking to grow. And when it's not allowed to, toxicity starts to come in. I mean, things start to get um, off kilter. And that's where uh, most organizations find themselves is, you know, they're off kilter. They're, they're not working you know, in harmony with natural laws. So to balance that partnership between soul and the logic of laws where, you know, the day-to-day -day work, uh, inner workings of a company, how do you then eventually find that balance? Or is there ever a balance in that piece? <laughs> yeah, balance is, uh, it's a concept that is nice in theory, but we're never actually ever in balance. Even when we're walking, you know, we are out of balance. We're falling forward when we're walking. It feels like we're balanced because we're familiar with how that process works. But you know, if you imagine a pendulum swinging, uh, you, know, you would say, well, the midpoint is where balance is. Well, uh, you know, the pendulum swings through the midpoint. It never stops at the midpoint. When you achieve balance, you have stopped. I mean, that's one way to think about that. When the pendulum comes into balance, Everything has come to rest. Everything has stopped. And, yeah, and th th another word for that is I've died. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have stopped yeah, breathing. I've, yeah, I've come into balance, but, yeah, it's not the kind of balance that I would aspire to. So part of the process is just recognizing where is that center so I can quickly come back to it when I feel overly off balance because I can come back to that center point. And that's where resourcefulness is, and I can go in a number of directions from there. So I'm, you know, my work is more about you know, teaching people how to find their center so that they know where it's at when they're off balance, and they can come back to it, regroup, and move again. So, yeah. um, so you talk about finding the balance, and how about yourself? How do you find balance? Being a person of influence like yourself, how do you find your own soul? And, you know, and also the partnership with your wife as well. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, it's, it's been a journey. Uh, I'll just start with that. I mean, uh, 
and it's been an inward, you know, an inward journey. Uh, just, you know, beginning to understand, and this started very early on for me, but, you know, what are the values that are absolutely um, fundamental to me? You know, that's kind of my ground of being, so to speak. Um, so, you know, beginning to know, you know, sensationally, how, do, how does that feel for me when I'm in integrity, as an example? Because integrity is a very strong value for me. How, what does integrity feel like in my body? so that I begin to pay attention to when I'm moving out of integrity, there's a, there's a little red flag that gets set off. So part of the, you know, the part of the answer to the how there is I'll take walks in nature. I'll go back to nature. I'll just kind of take walks to kind of settle. Uh, I have a meditation practice. I've meditated for probably 40 you know, some odd years now. Um, so I'm, I, I know how to come back to a place of equanimity of, 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 a place of, of <laughs> I'll use the word here, a place of balance, but it's more a place of centeredness, place of centeredness. And then that, you know, with my wife, uh, <laughs> we are very different people. Uh, she is incredibly creative, um, high energy, uh, very social. Uh, I will tend to be more of a social or a um, situational extrovert. I mean, it's my, not my natural way of being. But given the work I do, I can I can be very social, but it drains me. Um, so I mentioned that because we have different styles of living. We are different people. So by knowing where my center is, you know, when she does something that kind of knocks me off balance or when I do something that knocks her off balance, we have both found ways to get back to a centered place before we engage. Because if I try to engage when I'm off balance, it usually escalates because I'm overcompensating. So I need to take a breath. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably the simplest way of saying it. And then this, you know, I mean, I, when, when you're interviewing me and then you mention about your wife or having this foundation, would you like to share with us a little bit more with our women audience? Yeah. My wife started a foundation uh, called the Unstoppable Foundation, and people can find it at unstoppablefoundation.org. Uh, but, yeah, she founded it 11 years ago um, as a result of a trip she took to Africa. She was invited to speak, and, she, and she's a speaker, um, and she's written a number of books. Uh, she was invited to speak at this conference of women in Africa, and it was um, a group of women that, traveled by foot, most of them, to, you know, they walked to come to this conference. And the idea of that conference was for the invited guests to hear what the women were actually having to deal with on a daily basis. A lot of it was organized and oriented around lack of access to health care, lack of access to nutritious food, and more importantly, lack of access to education. So uh, she spent a, about a week there in that conference. It was a week-long conference. When she came back uh, home, she was you know, continuously you know, kind of wrestling with the question, what can I do about that? I'm only one person. What can I do? Um, but then she decided that you know, when she, she had a birthday coming up. It was a, uh, a major milestone birthday, uh, you know, one, of the, one with a zero after it. And yeah, so uh, rather than asking for gifts, she decided to hold a birthday party and invited people 
first of all, people had to pay to come to her party. And then she asked them for money at the party for this school that she wanted to build. So she started out with an idea of building a school. Well, she ended up raising about $85,000 U.S. Uh, at that party. I mean, it was a very successful party. Uh, ended up building you know, some schools. And she said, well, you know, if I could do that just part-time at a party, what would I do if I did this full-time? And that was 11 years ago. And you know, now the, the foundation um, annually does about $5 million in gifts uh, to um, these communities that we work with. And not just schools any longer, but it now is access to clean water, nutritional food, um, economic education for the parents, and health care. And we're underwriting scholarships. We helped fund the first college uh, in this part of the world. And it uh, is transforming an entire region of uh, sub-Saharan Africa right now. There's about 90,000, roughly 90,000 people a day that are impacted directly by the work that uh, the foundation is doing. Wow, this is such an amazing work. Yeah, yeah really it's unstoppable. Wow. So both you and your wife are really people of influence. And how, you know, there's a lot of myths about people of influences. Like, you know, they, they assume that people go up, their, um, go up easily and, you know, they will achieve their successes easily. But how really all these things work for you? Or what are some of the myths that you have come across or heard of or personally, your viewpoint on being a person of influence? Well, I, I think the, the and just in terms of myths, you, you spoke to some of them that people look at you know, influencers and they go, well, yeah, I could never do that. I mean, they look, look what they're doing and look how they are. Well, the, the backstory is that in order to get there, they had to, we had to, I had to go through a lot of things. Um, and those things were disappointing. You know, some of them were you know, wonderful, but a lot of them really challenged me. Um, and I think anybody that is highly successful has had challenges. And I know you and I had talked about this at one point in time in your journey. Um, but some of these challenges can be incredibly dark. Um, and through perseverance, I mean, through holding on to the dream of what I want to have in my life, the ideal that's what keeps me moving. And that's, you know, when you think of influencers, people influence um, through energy. You know, we don't influence through our words. We don't influence through things, uh, you know, through videos and whatnot. We, inter you know, we influence through story. And the story of our lives, the story, and it's not just the narrative, but it's the energy of the story that, you know, that kind of makes me who I am. Yeah, I am a story walking on the planet today. And my story is worth telling. And so part of it is about how it gets put together. And some people will go, wow, that's very cool. Some people will go, eh, next. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah. I, 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 you, the idea of being an influencer is to, an effective one, is to let go of the need for fame. Let go of the need for attention and just be there. What can I give away? What, how, yeah, and literally, a center of distribution, to highly effective influencers, and I certainly you know, think that you are one of these, you know, you're, you're in the process of continuously just giving away. 
you know, giving, what, what else can I contribute here? It's a contribution. You are a center of influence, but you're also a center of distribution. And that's, I think those two absolutely go hand in hand. Wow, I love that. And, you know, you are the best-selling author. You're also a keynote speaker, you know, executive and leadership coach consultant, and now the world's greatest motivators. You know, one of the <laughs> show that's uh, already there, and you're one of the persons sharing your expertise. So why don't you tell us, you know, now that you have waved the magic wand of influence and now you're on this platform, tell us more about that feeling or the achievement that you have, you know, attained? Well, yeah, the, it's, how do I put that in words? Uh, it, it, it feels like I've come home, I guess would be one, one way to, I do, what I don't feel like is that I'm striving for something. I feel like I have a message to speak. I have a, I have something to share and whatever, platform I find myself you know, using, whether it's an interview like this or whether it's on a, a national television stage um, or a book or whatever, um, I'm not worried about how it will be received. I'm more worried about how I'm going to deliver it. Yeah. Is it, is it honest? Is it, is it integrous? That's what I, you know, that's what I look for in myself. Yeah. If it feels right for me, and, and I don't mean this from an ego perspective, yeah, this really is my uh, my uh, check for integrity. If I don't feel like I'm fluffing things up, if I don't feel like I'm making things up, I'm just speaking from my heart, from the soul again. Yeah, the soul of of who I am that will resonate with the people that it needs to resonate with, and that's a big deal as a, as a leader. That's a huge deal because it's it's authenticity, and I and I think that would be probably the word I'd use. Um, I feel. You know, there was a time when I was you know, just learning how to do a lot of this. I was um, kind of copying some other people, uh, which is how we all learn. This is how kids learn. Um, but there was a point where my voice became more important than their voice. And I mean, I mean that from the sense of authenticity. You know, what was authentic to me and what was authentic for me? And how could I communicate that authenticity? Because people connect with that. And it's the challenge is you have to be vulnerable in order to be authentic. And for a lot of people, that's that's scary because vulnerability you know, means I, I have to be open uh, to judgment. You know, some people might judge me. Yeah, yeah I, so, really, I really love that because authenticity is something we all strive for. But sometimes we get lost in the sea of sameness. Like what you said, you know, we, we tend to model after success or we try to be like that person, but not really truly being truly vulnerable to who we essentially are. So what are some of the steps that my audience uh, would be able to take to really have the soul of understanding the soul of who I am or being the a person who understands the steps to, to become authentic? Yeah. Uh, and you ask, yeah, you ask very good questions here. <laughs> One of the things that, uh, well, there's, there's actually a two part, I, I guess, if there's a formula uh, to work with. The first is, yeah, be clear about what I want. Again, my experience, most people are far more clear about what they don't want than what they do want. And yeah, 
that want has to, I have to feel that want in my body. I mean, I really, yeah, it, it has to have an emotion attached to it. Of, yeah, I want this. And that's the second piece, you know, that comes into play here is that desire. If, when those two pieces are in place, you know, the want and the desire, that's a, um, that's a recipe for being unstoppable because it will keep me moving. And that's, it's, it's unique to every person. It starts, though, with the dream. You know, what is it that I want to have? And does, do I feel it? Yeah, do I feel it? And this is the one that, you know, really makes the difference for me. Uh, when I'm talking about feeling it, it lives inside me. It's not outside of me. I, I want it, but it, it, it's in here. So I begin to behave today. And this is really important for people to understand. I behave today. I think today. I feel today. I talk today. I act today as if it's already here. As if it's already here. If what that does is it changes my vibrational level. It changes how I see the world. When I begin to act as if my dream is already realized, even in the face of all the external evidence that says it's not, then I start moving myself up to the level where it starts to show up. It does live inside me. It, you know, everything's invented two times. First time is an idea, and then the second time when it actually manifests. It starts with the idea. And the manifestation of that idea happens when I start living from that idea. I live from it. It, it, it lives in me. I am, yeah, I have this. It is, uh, I am this. Yeah, that's sort of an idea. Wow. So, I mean, that, if, if there's a secret to this, that's what that secret is for me. Behave today as if, as if, as if the future were already here. It's already arrived. It's already here. I just haven't gotten there yet. Wow, that's really cool. I love that. And you know, you you are your host of your own podcast, The Soul of Business, and of course, your book. And if that's it, what is your other favorite book that you are reading right now, or you recommend to our audience? <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Uh, I've got about four books that I'm working with right now. Um, the one that I, it's actually on my uh, bedstand uh, next to my bed. It's called si uh, Silence, and it's uh, it's a book about becoming silent so I can hear my soul. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a really interesting book uh, for me anyway. Um, we we there's some studies that show that the average person has about roughly 75,000 thoughts a day. And I mean, just, you know, think about that. 75,000 thoughts a day going through my mind. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Squirrel. Yeah. What did I, did I forget to turn the, you know, the stove off? I mean, just they, these, just these little things that flip through with all that noise, the voice of my soul can't be heard. So the idea in the book silence is how do I begin to quiet the chatter? How do I begin to quiet all of that noise so that I can begin to hear what my soul wants to say? And when I can hear that soul, that voice, that's where I start to move again because it wants to grow. It wants to grow. 
So the book is called si uh, Silence by um, um, Ryan Geist, I think is what the fellow's name is. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I can get the, the title or the, the author's name for you uh, a little later if you want. That would be right. that would be great, and I will be able to place it in the show notes. And of course, you know, I can see that you really support your wife because whenever you mention her, I can see that glow on your face and that very very proud tone in your voice. So, so uh, for that, to you, who is a soul rich woman? To you, who is a soul rich woman? Oh, to be, oh, who is a soul rich woman? Oh my gosh, uh, you know, one of my one of my best bosses, and this goes back a lot of years, uh, was a woman, and I had uh, had yeah men bosses just about all my life, and then all of a sudden I've got this woman boss, and she was uh, oh goodness gracious uh, <laughs> a little bit over about you know one you know one point two meters tall. She was very tiny. Uh, but uh, she was just this powerhouse. And I remember absolutely being fascinated by how she led. And she led from her soul. She, she would pause every now and then. And, 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 and I, the first time I saw her do this, I was going, what is she doing? And she would just pause because somebody would ask a question or something would happen. But instead of reacting, she would pause and go, hmm. And, and, and and I got, she's one of my best friends. Uh, I've gotten to know her very well over the years. But what she did was she would just pause for a moment. And I talked about going back to center. She would find a way to get back to that voice before she reacted, before she responded. And then that was the source of her movement. She would tap into her soul before she engaged. And more often than not, it was absolutely the perfect way to you know, move things forward. Sometimes it didn't work, but more often than not, it did. And yeah, that was a lesson that really stuck with me. Yeah. Wow. So, so she's a woman who really stands and tapped into her inner strength before she responded to situations and not react to things around her, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, Viktor Frankl, who uh, wrote uh, the book, A Man's Search for Meaning, um, says that you know, for every one of us, there is a space between a stimulus or an event and the reaction that we will typically engage with. And the reaction is a reflexive reaction. In that space is where you can find the soul. In that space, if you can just train yourself, practice taking a breath. And this is what my friend would do. She would, I, I mean, I would literally see her just... And it was no more than just a single breath, but it was enough to slow things down so she could enter into that gap and then listen. And then she would have an answer. I love that. Wow. Amazing. Very good. So, you know, in Soul Rich Woman, we have four F words, okay, being fabulous, freedom, financial independence, and family. To you, which F word is the most significant one? Ah, uh, family. For me, family. And yeah. why is that? Um, I, go, I, I go back to relationships again. Um, I, th I think 
every one of us defines who we are by the quality of the relationships we have around us. And what what's, you know, and, and your listeners might appreciate this, but every single person on this planet, and there's about 8 billion, approximately 8 billion people on this planet. We, we think that we all live on the same planet and we do, but we all live in different worlds. Your world is different than mine. My world is different than my wife's. There are 8 billion people on this planet living in and coming from different worlds. So everybody I encounter is basically an alien. <laughs> I mean, they, they, you know, they are coming from a different world. So family for me is a way to get to know different worlds. It's a way to get to know a different viewpoint on what this thing we call life is about. And by practicing with my family, you know, being under, because families are tough. <laughs> families can be very challenging. Uh, getting to you know, the point where I can actually listen to my family and value and validate their view of the world and not try and impose my view of the world on them. The only thing that happens is we both expand. Yeah, I, I, get, to, I get to appreciate more. So for me, the way to greater uh, 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 freedom, <laughs> the way to have greater financial freedom, the, 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 the way for being fabulous, it all starts with, with family. Yeah, in the quality of my relationship there. And it doesn't mean I have to like them all the time. <laughs> That's not the case. Uh, but I use them as part of my training, uh, training ground. They, you know, they are my training partners yeah, for, for how to live a good life. Especially to have harmony and peace. And truly, that is the food for the soul. And I totally agree with that. I totally love that. And so... How can our audience connect with you and reach you? Ah, yeah, the easiest is by my website, blainebartlett.com. Yeah, just uh, blainebartlett.com. Uh, and that will provide links to my company. It provides links to my books and my videos, uh, television shows I've done. Yeah, it's all available on that website, blainebartlett.com. And if they want to listen to my podcast, they can always subscribe, The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. Uh, and it's available on all of the regular podcast outlets. And so all the things that you have done, I just want to thank you for this beautiful soul and this person of influence that's you, Blaine. Thank you very much for being present in this earth, on this planet Earth, and helping so many people doing the great work that you are doing today. Oh, and it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you. And well, for you who is listening to this show, I just want to say that all the links will be placed in the show notes. And thank you for joining us today. We hope that we have done everything in our power to make it well worth your time. My name is Janisha Alora, signing off. Bye for now. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so honored that we are connected and I hope that I can continue to serve you as you build your dreams. And if you love this episode, and I hope that you did, rate it five stars. Give us that glowing review because it will help more women around the world finding the Soul Rich Woman podcast. Alone you are strong, together we are unstoppable. 
Now share this with every woman who needs it because this is how we are changing the world, one woman at a time. As always, get out of your comfort zone and go towards the dreams you've always wanted to achieve. For women who love the F word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. My dear soul rich woman, sending you my love and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.